Thanks, Scott. Good morning, everyone. Hey, welcome to uh, Vineyard this morning. If you're visiting with us, uh, it's a treat to have you with us today. We're thrilled that you're here. And um, as Scott has already said, it's our hope and our heart that you walk away filled with an encounter and a revelation of just how much Jesus loves you in the power of the Holy Spirit. Quickly, though, this morning we're going to continue to dig into a series that we opened up last weekend. Well, we've started the new year in, really, wherein at the start of the year we, we felt like the Lord was saying out of Galatians chapter 3, Paul's big encouragement and question to the people of Jesus was, having started your journey in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit and the generosity of God's grace through signs and wonders and miracles that he has been doing among you simply because like Abraham, by faith you believed. Why on earth would you seek to try and finish the journey in the power of your own strength and will and flesh? Why, church? Why would you, why would you do that? It's a great question, and I think it's the question of the moment that God has for each and every one of us. For those of us that have been journeying with Jesus for a long time, and for those of us who the journey with Jesus is relatively new, or you may not have begun the journey with Jesus, today it's our prayer that everyone before leaving this room will be journeying with Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit God's good gift to each and every one of us. So we started in Galatians chapter 3 where Paul asks that big question. And then last weekend we started to unpack the person of the Holy Spirit. We started that series. I'm going to get us if we could, Stephen, if we could jump onto the second slide. Thanks, uh, thanks, mate. Um, there we go. There's a quote there by a guy called Jordan Singh. He's... Uh, I think he's based in Hawaii these days, planted a church over there. Great, great guy. He's written this book called Miracle Work and great kingdom guy. And on the front page of his book, he's got these two um, big heavy-duty gloves that you use if you're a um, like working in the metal industry with, with hot things where you've got these incredibly powerful, dirty, grubby, heavy-duty gloves and he's, he basically is trying to paint the picture and the invitation from the Bible, from Jesus, from God and the Holy Spirit, that to be involved in the kingdom of God, it's hands-on in terms of daily living, and it's not sanitized work. It's not sanitized in the sense of clean. It's thoroughly gritty. It's messy. It's engaging. It means you're dealing with people's good stuff, the hard stuff, the ugly stuff, the redeemed stuff. It's everything in between. Unfortunately, the last two and a half years, we've been enculturated with a thinking of sanitized living. Everywhere we go, walk in the door, pump, pump, sanitize, sanitize, after everything. Unfortunately, what that does is it builds not just a practice, it builds a, a psychology that then affects every other area of your life. You know, you might be thinking I'm being silly here, but it's true. It flows from one thing into the next. Practices always often precede 
thinking. And once it gets into the psychology of our thinking, it becomes a stronghold. And then once it's a stronghold, without even, even thinking about it, it actually becomes a driver of everything we do. That's how we work as human beings. That's how we work. And so that's why Paul talks about it in, in his letters to the church, about strongholds, taking them captive and making sure that they are serving the lordship of Jesus Christ, not our sanitized ability to get a grip on and control reality as best as we can. Now, that's a big picture mouthful I just gave you right there and that I just gave myself as well. But Singh, he says this, and I love this quote. He says, Kingdom life has always been more about devotion than expertise. Now, isn't that a fly in the face of where we live every day, where everything and everyone in every industry has to be qualified, has to become gold card certified, has to become somehow um, given authority because you've passed the measures, the ticks and the, and the approval stats along the way. But here, kingdom life is not about that. It's about devotion to Jesus, not about expertise. The call of Jesus is, come, give me your life and I'll give you mine in exchange. How amazing that the author of life, the one through whom everything has been made, says, hey, let me be the expertise. Just exchange your life for mine. And we welcome that by faith. Devotion and the pursuit of God's empowering presence always draws us into God's heart. It's one thing to pursue the Spirit. It's another thing to pursue His gifts, His fruit, His, His, His life, His character. But it will always lead us into the direction of the heart of God. He's never satisfied, that is God, is never satisfied with a mere show of power when he can also demonstrate his lowliness and his love. So the one-two rhythm of the kingdom, this is good, I like this, is power and meekness. Strength plus vulnerability. I love that. I love that when, 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 when our worship teams and people just come in, in wanting to serve us, they vulnerably put themselves in front of us and say, here's me singing to God, would you join me? I love the vulnerability of that because in the vulnerability of that, there is the power of the presence of God to take that and bring us into his heart. And it's not about expertise. It's about devotion, strength plus vulnerability, authority with humility, and this last little bit, glory and grit. Ah, that, I think Seng is onto something here. And he's inviting us as kingdom people to be a people who know what it means to jump into the messy reality of human beings coming alive to God trying to get set free from their own sin, trying to get set free from the powers and the spirits that are at work around them, over them, and even in them, to see them set free 
It's gritty work and it's glorious work all at the same time. We often, though, have pictures of that when we read the Bible and we begin the journey of, in, of, of, of learning to move in the things of the Holy Spirit and we think it needs to be sanitized, somehow all clean. No, no, no. It just needs to be a devoted space where our devotion to Jesus enables us and empowers us by the Spirit to do the works of Jesus till we see the captives set free. So I want to invite you this year into the glorious grit of the kingdom of God reaching into your life and mine. I want, to, I want to invite you this year to engage in the glorious gritty work of the Holy Spirit bringing each and every one of us alive to God. And that means dealing with the stuff that's gritty, that's hard, the stuff that often we want to turn away from. But the Holy Spirit, in his kindness and power, wants to go after to liberate us so that we can be alive. Alive and no longer living under oppression or our own brokenness, but alive and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Last weekend was a beautiful Sunday. A number of people experienced the Holy Spirit moving in quite physical, emotional and spiritual power, touching lives, bringing people alive to God. It was beautiful. And I shared with you just a simple story of when I was a young lad and at a camp once and all of a sudden I didn't know what was taking place until after the fact that it was the Holy Spirit making himself known to me. And so this morning I, I've just asked one of our church family if they would come for a few minutes and share with us their story of when they first met the Holy Spirit about what was going on for them at that moment, and what happened when they met the Holy Spirit in that moment. So I'm going to invite Lee to come on up. Why don't you just welcome Lee, everyone? <laughs> yeah, mate. Hey, thanks, firstly, for being vulnerable and humble enough and willing enough to put yourself in front of us like this and share your, share your story. We, thanks. I'd just like everyone to close their eyes. I'm not going to pray at the moment. I'm just going to set a picture in your mind's eye. Imagine a 16-year-old girl, tired, vulnerable, not knowing who she was, And her father decided he would do what she said she said she would do. And that was to drop her at a camp at Kenilworth because her friend, Michelle, had invited her to camp. And she said she'd go. And her father decided... Yep, you are going. And so he drove her to Kenilworth and he dropped her at this camp 
Now that girl was me. Tired, not knowing who I was. You can open your eyes whenever you want. Not knowing who I was, but knowing that there was some sort of calling on her life, not really understanding. And I said to my dad, Dad, don't leave me here. Please don't leave me here. They're all Christians. They're all Christians, Dad. Don't leave me here. Now, my dad wasn't a Christian. And I was almost begging him, please don't leave me here. And he said, Lee, you said you were going, so you're going. And you're going to stay here and live up to the word that you gave to Michelle, that you were coming and that you're going to stay at the camp. So off Dad went and I felt incredibly abandoned. And then I found my friend Michelle and... I'm looking around this place and it's actually a horse stable. And in the middle of the horse stables was this churchy looking thing. And I was like, oh dear God, what is going to happen here? And I kept saying, no, not going to to that church thing, Michelle. Not going, not going. Of course, we went every day. Three days running on the third day. Michelle's brother came up to me, sat beside me, and he said, Lee, do you know Jesus as your personal saviour? Well, it was like someone had reached into my heart and kind of done heart surgery on me. It was really, really weird. And then the most miraculous thing happened. It was like someone carried me to the front and no one was touching me. Within seconds, people were praying for me, and I was completely immersed in the power of God, where I fell backwards, I was crying, laughing, I was drunk in the spirit for I don't know how long. They, was, they were saying to me, um, feel free to speak in tongues, and I tried, and that didn't work, so I just let that go, and they let that go. But for the next few days, the love that I experienced from God was so overwhelming that as I was falling asleep in the stables that night on the very top bunk, I just remember this constant conversation with God where he just kept telling me how much he loved me. And then I had to go back to my non-Christian family. Uh, But before, on the way home, Michelle's family just kind of paved the way. Michelle's father was saying, Lee, I'm praying for you for when you go back to your family, what's, how it's going to be for you. So... On the way home, we stopped in at Michelle's Coolum Beach House and Michelle and I were down in this amazing waterhole and all of a sudden I just had this sense, get out of the hole, get out of the waterhole. And so Michelle and I said, Michelle, quick, get out of the hole, get out of the hole. So we got out of the hole and straight away this massive boxer jellyfish 
was in the hole that we were swimming in. And again, it was a sign from me that God was with me and he was carrying me. So just an encouragement that sometimes things get really weird and really funky. And I'm now saying the funkier the better um, because God's moving and he's doing something really beautiful and miraculous in all of us. Just be encouraged that through the pain and the suffering, there's all this beautiful love. Good on you, Lee. Thank you. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, mate. What a wonderful testimony of meeting the person of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit helping to introduce Lee to Jesus. And what was the fruit of that? leading her towards the love of God time and time again over that initial few days God was reaching in to her heart let's do a quick reminder of that video Steve thanks mate of the person of the Holy Spirit if you weren't here last week I just want to show this so you can catch up on it it's just for a few minutes it's about a two or three minute video by the Bible project called the Holy Spirit thanks Stephen If you've ever heard the phrase, the Holy Spirit, and you want to know what it means, where do you start? Well, you have to start on page one of the Bible, where the uncreated world is depicted as this dark, chaotic place. But then above the chaos, God's Spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order and beauty. Okay, but what is God's Spirit? Yeah, so the Spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you got to clear your throat at the end. So what is it? Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy? How so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right. Wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. (sighs) So you feel that inside you? Yeah, the air? Well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply, that too is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. Wind is powerful, and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life. Yeah, ruach. Now, as we continue on in the story of the Bible, we see God's ruach giving special empowerment to people for specific tasks. The first person in the Bible this happens to is Joseph. God's spirit enables him to understand and interpret dreams. And then it happens to this guy named Bezalel, and he's an artist. God's spirit empowers him with wisdom and skills. He's given creative genius to make beautiful things in the tabernacle. And we also see God's ruach empower a group of people called the prophets. They're able to see what's happening in history from God's point of view. That's exactly right. And here's the problem as the prophets saw it. While God's ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice. A new type of disorder. Yes, and the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others. How will this new act of God's spirit happen? Well, centuries pass, and we are introduced to Jesus. And at the beginning of his mission, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus is being baptized in the waters of the Jordan River. 
Yeah, the sky opens up and God's spirit comes and rests on him like a bird. The story is saying that God's spirit is empowering Jesus to begin the new creation. And we see this happening when he heals people or forgives their sins. He's creating life where there once was death. Now, Israel's religious leaders oppose Jesus and they eventually have him killed. But even here, God's spirit is at work. The earliest disciples of Jesus, who saw him alive from the dead, said it was God's energizing spirit that raised Jesus. This is the beginning of new creation. Yes, and it's still going. When Jesus appeared to his closest followers, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And soon after that, the spirit powerfully comes on all of his disciples. So that they can become a part of this new creation and share the good news and learn how to live by the energy and influence of God's Spirit. And so, today, the Spirit is still hovering in dark places. Yes, pointing people to Jesus, transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. And the Christian hope is that the Spirit is going to finish the job. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a new humanity, living in a new world that's permeated with God's love and life-giving Spirit. Thanks, hey, thanks for watching this video on the Holy Spirit. I this encourage is one of you guys. Videos that we make where we take a biblical thing. If at any point you want to get some really like easy on-ramp understandings of the big stuff that's in the Bible, check these guys out on the Bible Project on YouTube, and, and just punch in the theme that you want, and it will bring up loads and loads and loads of info. Great stuff, and it's particularly good to work through if you've got young people or children in your families. It's a great little tool, Bible project. So let's jump on to the next slide. Thanks, Stephen. So what about us? Last week we mentioned about the, the work of the Spirit. Here at the Vineyard, we're interested in building a community of healers or a healing community, not, not, necess not necessarily interested in building healing superstars, there's a the wonderful story that's deep in our history of the Vineyard Movement where the, the founding father of this movement, John Wimber, he, um, he's coming into this discovery of the works of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit. And he's at this conference and there's all these people. And John has this wonderful time of hearing from God and moving in power and authority and seeing people get healed and seeing people come alive to the Holy Spirit. And he gets off stage and he comes down off stage and he sits next to his wife, Carol, and he says, that was so great. And Carol says, John, don't ever do that again. And he's like, what, what? And she said, because when only you get to do it, only you, you become the superstar and everyone has to watch. And from that moment on, the Holy Spirit convicted John and he spent his entire life being given to equipping the people of Jesus to do the ministry of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's, what, that's, that's deep in our DNA. That's why we build moments and spaces and opportunity for people to learn and grow and jump into the pool and Wow, it's not, it's, it's very fluid at times, and, but we're learning. We're learning and we're given to equipping people to know how to do what Jesus does. We're, so we want everyone to be able to do what Jesus does. We want everyone to understand 
the life and the ministry and the character of the person of the Holy Spirit. Just on to the next slide. Thanks, guys. A couple of quick scriptures that we used as some context for understanding the person of the Spirit last week and his, and his work among us as the people of Jesus. Firstly, he, Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. So Christ gave himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity, until, let me just say that again, until we all, until we all, and you could pretty much turn to the person next to you and say, until you, until you grow up into the unity and the maturity of everything that God has for you in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, become grown-ups, doesn't our world just need some baseline, grown-up, healthy people? That's the call on the body of Christ. That's why we're a gift to the world, because the world's meant to look at us and go, you know what, those guys, they're just, they're just baseline mature. They're not carried away. They're given to growing. They're constantly on this learning path, and they, wanna, they want everyone to grow in, up, up in the things of God as well and attaining to the full measure of Christ. The next slide, thanks, Romans 12, 3 to 8. For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself in sober judgment. <laughs> it's a really good thing every now and then to be able to say, with a sense of freedom about yourself, on one hand, I ain't all that. I'm not all that. And yet on the other side of that coin, it's a really good thing to be able to say at the same time, but by Christ living in me, I am all that. There's these two dynamics about who we are. We're humble and that humility means I'm willing to be who God says I am, but not at the expense of you. Don't think of yourself uh, more highly, but in sober judgment, in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with mem many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. In accordance with your faith, if it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is leading, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And lastly, 1 Corinthians 12. So this is a church that's like the Corinthian church is hyper-pumped on the work of the Holy Spirit and yet there are people, and I'll talk about this in a few weeks' time, there are people who are suffering greatly for lack of character. Yet it doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is not willing to be poured out and present, even on broken vessels. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. Because often we disqualify people, don't we? Because we think, oh, you're too broken. Ah, not in the kingdom of God. Not in the kingdom of God. 
We'll talk about that, though. Um, There's different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There's different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, to each one. So Paul's talking in the context of when Jesus' people get together here. In other words, you could almost say, no one misses out on the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. You could read that way. You could read it that way. No one misses out. Because Paul is saying the revelation is to each one. Not to only some. You've got to hear it without your lens of disqualification. Or the cultural expectation of qualification. You've got to push that off to the side and realise like what happened to Lee, God just came and poured his love on her and just poured his spirit into her and drew her to Jesus and brought her alive. To each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. And I'm going to unpack the mechanics of these gifts over the next little while. What does that look like to engage in gifts of healing? What does it look like to engage in gracelets of knowledge and wisdom and, and uh, miraculous powers and prophetic utterance and to distinguish between spirits? to another speaking in different kinds of tongues. Lee shared a little bit of her first story of what that first encounter was like. We're just going to unpack some of the mechanics of all of this. It's really important. You know, the grit of the glory. We want to explore that together. Um, All of these are the work of the one spirit, and he, that is the Holy Spirit, distributes his gracelets to each person just as he determines. So... Qualification of participating in what God is doing is not on the basis of what we think. Qualification to participation in what God is doing is on the basis of who the Spirit says, I want to use you like this right now in this moment, and so I'm going to put my grace on you for it, and us joining in. So let's just recap that quickly. Spiritual gifts. Next slide. Thanks, Stephen. The giftings of the Spirit are given to build up Jesus' people. Next one, thanks, mate. As the body of Christ, we belong to each other. These are, these are key themes. People often think, for, you know, oh, there's such a lack of the work of the Spirit. It's because we, we approach this whole idea from a very individualistic and very, and, and, and very um, self-qualified approach when we walk into the door with other Jesus people rather than leaning into the invitation of God for the common good. It's about belonging to each other. I can't do this without you. And you can't do this without me. It's that approach. In other words, when we, when we gather, what we're walking into is we're walking into a setting that says, we all, by the grace of God and by the measure of faith, we'll, we'll play at this accordingly. Some of us will be super bold. Others of us will be a little trepidatious, but that's okay. By the measure of faith that you have, that's fine. You've got faith. You only need that of a mustard seed to see the kingdom come. God can use you with the smallest of faith. Just whatever measure it is, we all have something 
to bring when we gather. Whether you've had a great week or you've, been, you've had a week where you've just reveled in your own brokenness and sin. It might be harder to get to the start line to play because you've got to get over your self-condemnation and realise God forgives you of that sin and sets you free to keep moving and come alive and grow up. But we all have something to bring. And at the same time, we all have something to receive. When we arrived here today, God has something for you and for me to receive. And it's more than likely going to come through the people that you're sitting among, that you're standing in the coffee line having coffee with, that you're talking with in the midst, you know, in ministry time, whatever it is. We all have something to give. We all have something to receive. And we are therefore all better for that by the glory of God. That's how, that's how you walk in the door. I'm not sure if you realize that, but... That's at play. Uh, let's go to the, so, yeah, for the common good. I've just poked at that one. Next one. Thanks, Stephen. The Spirit's gifts are given as the Lord determines. So if we see someone in a circumstance that needs physical healing, but you go, I don't have gifts of healing. But somehow, though, you look at that person and the compassion of God dwells up in your heart and you're strangely drawn towards that person. Go to that person because in the going comes the gifting to be able to minister to the thing that God's given you compassion for. That's why he's caught your heart in the first place. Don't look at the broken, physically broken. Don't look at the mentally broken and, uh, and oppressed and go, oh, I can't do that. No, 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 no. By faith. If God's putting the attention of your heart in that direction, lean there. Watch him meet you there. This is where we talk about the toolbox of the kingdom in a few weeks' time. And lastly, <clears throat> spiritual gifts are at play because this is who we are. It's the place, the body of Christ is where I find my place and my purpose as an active member in the body of Christ. Everyone gets to do this. Not those that have studied, not those that have been, you know, got a few more grey hairs than others. It's got nothing to do with any of that. It's got everything to do with the generosity of God's Holy Spirit being poured out on a people. <laughs> Last weekend, the Holy Spirit was moving in this room very manifestly so, visibly so. People were being touched. People were describing what was physiologically happening to them as, as the Spirit was coming. We took time to say, what's happening for you? And what's happening for you? And we just inclined our ear just long enough to, to hear what was happening to them as the Spirit was coming upon them. And the fruit of that has, has been an incredible week. You know, for a, a number of people that I've heard back from in this this week alone, the Holy Spirit has been on them like they have never had before, or it's been a long time. We even spoke about a word that said, we feel like God is, as you're receiving the Holy Spirit, he's just lifting shame off your life, if that's for you. And there's this 
testimonies have come back in of people going, I have been liberated from this whole shame base on my life and I feel free at last. God in his kindness is making us into these new kinds of human beings, the ones that look like Jesus. There's a beautiful weekend. And then at the end of last weekend, as we were doing ministry time and people were praying, um, you know, I'm going I'm to get Matt to come up here in a second and share. But the Lord gave him a picture word. And I, I really believe it was from the Lord. And so I, I'm going to ask Matt. Matt, would you come on up here? Why don't we welcome Matt up? Come on up, Matt. And, mate, just for a few minutes, just share with us a little bit about what that picture word was that the Holy Spirit spoke to you as we were ministering to each other. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Um, it, was, it was funny. As I was, I think it was probably at the end of worship, and I, just before I, I'd got that word, I'd looked to the, I'd looked to the left of me, and I'd, I'd actually looked over to a bunch of women over here, and I was, I, I thought to myself, oh, I think someone, someone should prophesy here. I think, I was actually going, I think someone should, should say something here, and I, and it, so it didn't, it didn't happen, and I, oh, okay, and at the, at, towards the end of the meeting, I got this, um, this picture came to my mind, um, initially, and I guess it was, well, it was for myself as well, that's what I thought initially, hey, this is for me, and thank you, Lord, um, and what I saw was, um, I don't know if you can remember, at school, you were given the little seeds to grow in, in cotton wool, you get a little styrofoam plate, and you'd hold your little plate with the seeds in it, and guard it, wouldn't even let people look at it, just hold it. Um, so I saw all these little seedlings in the cotton wool, and they're all at different little places, like little, you know, little, like a little, I guess, you know, alfalfa sprout, just that germinating seed. And you know, obviously, you know, what came to my mind was obviously it's, this is life. This is um, this is God's life in seed form that that He's bringing, and He's bringing it to to this body um, in, in multiple different ways, I think, that, that God's, God's bringing, um, I guess, life into different areas in our heart, um, breaking through in places and, and bringing his life as only the Holy Spirit can. Um, And I guess that's different. I mean, if I could, if I could sort of just open that up, what what, what I suspect, um, you know, as as a seed has that, it it has like a husk around the outside, and and for for life to happen, there's a there's a death that happens as well, and I felt that um, you know, the, the Lord's inviting us into this. The word that he gave me, just even just as I was sitting down here today, was this beautiful sense of of losing, is that I get to lose in a beautiful way, and and as as a part as that happens, God's life is 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 brought forth, and I I, I guess I what I mentioned to you last week, Kirk, was I I I felt that that was an encouragement to to the body, 
um, in that God's at work here. He's, he's doing things. He's doing things in, in people's hearts and people's lives. And that's, I guess we're talking about, we're talking about this transformation. That, that's the work of the Holy Spirit is to, is to transform and, to, and, to, and to, to grow us up into, the, into, that, into that picture, into, that, into the heart of, of Christ in us. Um, and, and what I did touch on as well was that all these seeds are at different places and I guess it's very important too, you know, as that little seedling grows in the cotton wool, it gets to that place where, you know what, it can't stay in that cotton wool any longer or, or it's, or it's going to die. And that's the way the Holy Spirit brings his life is that as, as we grow, we, we, we step into we, we step into the life that he has in us to, well, to ultimately to, to be obedient, to, well, to serve, to spill ourselves into the lives of others and to bring and to encourage his life. So as, I, as we see each other in the church, as we walk past someone and, and you might be thinking, oh, well, hey, like, you know, I walked into church today and, you know, like no one's talking to me. Well, hey, why don't you, why don't, why don't Matt, why don't you be the, the person that, initiates and and steps out of that place of hey like you know like I'm going to give myself I'm going to I'm going to give myself away um so I guess that's that's pretty much it in 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 a, in a nutshell mate I think that you know God is just encouraging us to 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 give ourselves to 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 the work of his spirit um yeah I think that's it yeah thanks Matt, thanks, Matt. we're going to finish here that was a great word, and, I, and I, I just about jumped out of my skin when Matt was telling me that, because for the last six weeks I've had on my um, desktop, on my computer, um, the five stages, it's a picture, and I haven't got it here, but I'll, I'll show you next week, it's, it's the five stages of what happens to a seed when it germinates, and it's like, I was just like, Matt, Matt, you've been looking, <laughs> you've been looking at my mail, man. No, it's like the Holy Spirit is just letting me know that the conversation God's having with me about what he's doing among us is being heard by the heart of others. And, 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 and so anyway, I'll show you the pictures of that, that, that seed next week. But the first orientation of activity that happens for that seed when it's under the ground is it, 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 it springs out and it, and it develops one, one root system. And the first orientation of that root system is to go deep, as deep as it can, into the soil. And right now, before it then starts to sprout and reach out and grow. And when Matt came and saw me last week, I was just like, man, this is it. God is birthing these new works in people for his greater glory and for their joy as we start this new year together. I'm so excited about what the Holy Spirit is doing and will do among us. Now, let's, we're going to pray right now. We're going to finish up here. But as we pray, uh, you know, when Matt was talking about the, little, the picture of the, of, of the seed in the cotton wool, it's like, you feel like, it's, it's like God's just dropped this little invitation of the, come get to know me again, we're on the journey. It, I feel like there's, there's going to be a bunch of people here today who feel like, that's, that's me, 
Oh, I can feel this new work taking place in me. And it feels like the smallest of seeds and it almost feels like it's a little insignificant because it's not very spectacular. It's just like, you know, the preppy kid at school has got, wow, look at that. But you're fascinated by it nonetheless, just like a prep kid. I feel like there's going to be people here like that today. I also feel like there's going to be people, and Matt mentioned it, it's like for some it's like that, that, that seed, it's a little more developed. The work of the king is a little more developed in you. You've got a bit of a root system going on and now, now God needs to take you out of the cotton wool. And he needs to put you in a bigger circumstance where there's a lot more dirt. Where there's a lot more dirt. Because he needs you to, t- what he's put in you, he needs to reach out through you. So there's, for some of us, you know that as you're starting this year, it's like, I know it's time for me it's time for me to get out of the cotton wool and into where Jesus needs me. So we're going to pray and ask, that because that's what the Holy Spirit's doing. We, well, I, I sincerely believe that's what the Holy Spirit's having conversation with many of us about. If either of those two pictures are for you, could you just, where you are right now, maybe just stand up 